The mid-band CBRS spectrum has been an extraordinary boon to private networks and digital innovation in the US. Enterprises across verticals are investing in automation, taking advantage of the security of private networks and control of the quality of service. Some verticals like manufacturing have entered the adoption stage and others like utilities have overcome the initial barriers. As the usage of shared spectrum bands booms, will we soon see mass commercialization of CBRS-based networks or is it still early days? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Meet my guest for today's podcast, Oren Bender. He's Director Marketing at OnGo Alliance, an industry alliance that supports the development, commercialization and adoption of LTE solutions for the US 3.5 GHz CBRS spectrum. Oren has contributed to the development of CBRS since its early days. He's a veteran in the wireless telecom industry and has extensive experience as a senior professional in product marketing in service providers, Fortune 500 and startup companies, including Ruckus Wireless and Cisco. In today's discussion, we will explore some important topics, such as how can the scarce CBRS spectrum continue to meet its growing demand? Discuss any exciting shift in the market that will help drive the adoption of the CBRS spectrum. And finally, what are some of the early learnings from CBRS deployments and how can enterprise CIOs plan their private networks better? So without further ado, let me welcome Oren Binder. Thank you for joining me, Oren. Thanks, Ashish, for the intro. And yeah, it's uh, great to be here. So you have been in the telecom industry for quite some time and you know you worked at Cisco for a long time you, then you worked at um, uh, Ruckers which got acquired through several chains and and we know it's with Comscope now so you've transitioned from you know marketing a wireless product small cells and wifi technologies and others to this new spectrum technology you know which is targeting um, very new innovation. So tell us your journey and share your and share your experience so far in in your transition from a product oriented uh, market to a more uh, industry alliance. Yeah, and everything you said, uh, just continuing kind of the theme there. Um, working back at Cisco and and doing uh, small cell solution marketing was a great kind of area for me to get into this uh, um, industry and, and understand the challenges uh, that are in this market. And from there, moving to Ruckus and working specifically on uh, CBRS, which we'll obviously get into a lot more um, during the podcast, uh, was really exciting for me. And now basically, yes, and now basically working full-time for, for the Ongo Alliance. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, Ongo Alliance and uh throw some light on the CBRS spectrum for, you know, very quickly for, I know this has become a very well-known term, at least in the vendor and the service provider community, but I believe a lot of enterprises still struggle to understand its, its you know, its role and value. So if you don't mind uh, giving uh, a brief, very quick explanation of what it is and uh, tell us a little bit about what OnGo is doing in this. So sure, and and really the goal here with CBRS with this band um, of the FCC, and I have to give them props here, was to try something different. They had this invaluable piece of mid-band spectrum, 150 megahertz, which is a lot. Um, and to be 
brutally honest, the, the operators would have paid uh, uh, billions and billions basically to put their hands on it. But what the FCC decided, and this is back in 2015, is to try something different um, and try to utilize it through shared spectrum. So basically democratizing uh, spectrum allocation and driving innovation in that way. So let's try to see how we, if we gift this to as many as entities as possible, what are they able to do with it? Um, so stepping back to the, basically to the um, Ango Alliance, which was priorly called the CBS Alliance. This was basically a, a group of six companies back in 2016 that identified the potential in shared spectrum. Um, and these were Google, Intel, Qualcomm, Nokia, Federated, Federated Wireless, and uh, Ruckus. Um, and, and you were part of Ruckus at that time, right? And you you were you were supporting the 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 cause at that time as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I was lucky enough to be in the room when when these six companies came together for the first time to talk about the fact that hey, we should we should try to start promoting um, this technology and bring these solutions together, and maybe we should create some sort of consortium, some sort of alliance. Um, and so I I'm, I was just again lucky to be there from day one. Um, and today, if we kind of fast forward from 2016 to today, we're over 190 companies are part of the alliance. Wow. These are yeah, tier one operators, the ecosystem equipment vendors, software solutions, all the way from core management planning, also system integrators and end user companies. So all coming together kind of to build this ecosystem and uh, make share spectrum work, basically. Uh, this is this is great. I'm I'm. I'm Personally, a proponent of private networks in general, and and also been part of this whole journey that uh, the CBR Alliance has taken. Also, either supporting, uh, you know, you know my my opinions or working with a lot of vendors who who work in this space and supporting their initiatives in this market. And now, Ongo Alliance is doing a great job in in really putting bringing the industry together on this and. 190 members strong, you know, you can't go wrong. So can you share, uh, you know, the progress industry has made in the adoption of CBRS and what are your general views on that? Yeah, so some data, current data. So first of all, CBRS has been, it took a few years to get together. Obviously, this is this is complex. Um, everything the FCC did together with the Alliance um, and other organizations to make this commercially available, but it was finally made commercially available at the beginning of 2020. So we're about a year and a half into it. Um, and since then we have more than 150,000 CBRS base stations. So basically the small cells um, deployed, um, the PAL deployments, the preferred access uh, deployments have just started in the last few months. There's over 123 um, client device models that are approved by the FCC to work on CBRS and over 130 base station models. So we're seeing that, that again, even though we're just at the beginning here, um, we have great momentum, again, getting, getting on uh, different CBRS deployments. And if I talk for a sec of what is being used today, um, it's being used by mobile operators to augment their own network. So if you think of someone like Verizon, they're using it in certain pockets of density. Um, they're basically utilizing CBRS to augment their own uh, current spectrum. And the other operators are working that as well. We have cable operators like Charter and Comcast are basically spreading out uh, um, CBRS networks to 
provide mobile services and basically reduce their own MVNO costs. So again, utilizing this this mid-band spectrum to set up their wireless networks that that they can that they can basically uh, utilize for their own customers. Um, we see Dish now. Dish basically um, has acquired a lot of uh, CBS spectrum, and and they have plans to basically go nationwide and and utilize the spectrum. So all of those were were kind of the big boys. Beyond that, we're seeing also fixed wireless services. So used used in basically rural areas by WISPs and, and different ISPs to provide broadband to residential and businesses that basically didn't have prior uh, viable broadband options. And that's great. I mean, everybody's talking about the digital divide, um, about connecting people at home now during the pandemic, uh, getting students connected. CBS is doing a lot of that today, and, and I'm seeing more and more of those projects out there. And this is all being used, basically, utilizing um, fixed wireless on CBRS. Is that how the group then was, it was formed, envisioned that it will really pick up in these areas? You know, a lot of the talks initial days was more about, hey, this will really open up uh, an opportunity for the enterprises to implement cellular networks, which I'm sure, you know, this is still happening, right? It is a number of markets are still adopting private cellular networks, whether it's utilizing CBRS technologies or their local license in individual regions. But from a CBRS adoption perspective, do you, do you think this was, was this a surprise that this went in this direction or was this, you know, expected? I think on the operator side, we weren't sure how much they would adapt. For them, this is something new. If you think of, of the tier one operators, um, they want to own the spectrum, to be honest. I mean, they'll be the first to admit it. But um, they did see the the benefit in this, and and now they are buying into it. So we weren't sure how that would go on that aspect, but obviously we're very pleased to see how it works there. Um, with the Wisps and and fixed wireless, um, we knew from day one that they would be a big candidate, and they were kind of banging on the door to say when when can they get access to this and and start providing services. But I will say that we. Um, did see, and, and this is, I think, what we'll get into right now, uh, huge potential in, in private networks. So everything I mentioned till now was, was basically um, kind of the main deployments that we're seeing. But I think if we look in the near future, it really will be around uh, private networks, which I didn't mention. So private networks, um, while all the, again, the examples I gave before were great opportunities for different service providers uh, to add quality coverage. Uh, if you think of entities, the fact that entities in the U.S., of course, because this is CBRS and right now it's it's available only in the United States, um, are able to build their own high-quality networks. They control it. They own it. Um, they can do it with LTE and 5G right around the corner. So, again, that's, that's obviously something that's very exciting. I can't say that the pandemic might have um, pushed this back a little bit. Because if you think of some of the use cases we're looking at, um, a lot of them were around uh, large stadiums or large commercial uh, offices, uh, commercial real estate. Um, and during the pandemic, of course, any use case where you have a lot of people um, in basically in the same venue, shoulder to shoulder, those kind of went away for a little bit. But we totally expect... Um, those to come back up and we're already seeing activity there. But just, just going back to the fact that um, any small to medium business today can all of a sudden build their own private network. 
Uh, and I'm definitely not the only one excited here. You're seeing a lot, and, and I'm talking about a lot of activity, recent activity in the space, all the way from analyst reports, startup activity, um, system integrators coming in. I saw that private LT was recently added to the Gartner hype cycle. I don't know if that's a good thing, but but I think in, in general, <laughs> that just means that they too, um, and, and when they say hype cycle, obviously they mean it in a positive way, but they added that to the hype cycle for enterprise networking. Um, and again, they're just seeing the value as, as one of the top things that enterprise should be looking at uh, today. That's you know, definitely, I'm also seeing a lot of momentum in the market. But I generally, you know, I also sometimes step back as is this really excluding the analyst and the marketing. Uh, we both come from that division, so I'm going to blame both of us uh, for, uh, you know, being ahead of the market sometimes in terms of talking about uh, the value of the technology, right? But do you feel it's actually happening in the enterprise? And I'm sure you have much more visibility than I do. Is it, it's actually happening in the enterprises versus it's, it's early days? What's, what's, your, what's your view on that? So I definitely see now um, a lot of activity, um, but I will say that we see a ton of trials. But I do want to address like a few issues that I think still exist today. Um, and it's funny, these are issues that I need to address exactly in my position today, doing marketing for, for the Ango Alliance. But one would be awareness. Um, if you go to most medium-sized enterprise CAOs, they might have heard of CBRS, but they aren't really aware of the potential. Um, and we're putting a lot of effort basically to increase awareness there. And, and I really expect this to change in the next uh, six to 12 months. Um, and, and if you think about it too, and this is again something, and I might, I'm not trying to sound a downer here, I'm just trying to be realistic. The potential is huge. And like you said, analysts and marketing and, and, um, and vendors themselves all see the potential here, but the enterprises themselves, they don't want cool private networks. They don't want to hear about democratizing spectrum. They want to solve their pain points. I mean, they want to do X more efficiently. They want to add a use case that they wouldn't ab weren't able to do yesterday, but they that would really add value. So they need to hear about what relevant outcomes can get them excited. So uh, talking about excitement, right, in terms of deployments and, and definitely, right, the, definitely the technology has merit. Uh, we have looked at it in terms of, you know, the especially the, when it comes down to use cases, which uh, does have dependency on, you know, a much more high performance network, not to say that Wi-Fi can't do the job, but, you know, we all, you know, you come from Rutgers, you, you, you've seen, you know, the limitations of Wi-Fi yourself. There is, you know, 80% it can do the job, but there are still, you know, newer use cases that are coming out. Definitely, you, not, you need a much more predictable, I would not, I would say, a network to rely on on those things. And, and we're starting to see those things happening in uh, manufacturing, utilities, and number of other, other sectors. Now, have you come across, um, I mean, if you want to share any interesting deployment, you know, that caught your attention and, and, and why uh, it caught your attention? Sure, there, there's been quite a few now, and I won't name names to not favor any vendors in the Alliance. And, and honestly, that's one of the fun things in my job that I get to kind of get a view from the top from all these 190 customer uh, vendors that are um, promoting these these different deployments and we try to put as many as case studies as possible because we know that that's what the enterprises are looking for um, so 
one, I'll, I'll give you a few examples, but um, one that I just talked to with someone yesterday, they have basically um, robots in a warehouse. And, and we all now know, know that with e-commerce, I mean, there's more and more of these logistics uh, use cases where um, you have huge warehouses um, or even medium-sized warehouses, and we have robots retrieving different items, um, and this is all done automatically. The problem was that they had um, a Wi-Fi network there, and when they started adding robots um, and adding capacity um, and adding um, different, again, more and more uh, products, Wi-Fi started breaking. And I'm not going to bash Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi is not going away. Um, and we don't tell any enterprise customer you should rip out your Wi-Fi. There's there's really no reason because this is really a complementary uh, um, network here and, and technology. And like you said, there's just things that sometimes you do need that uh, premium um, business critical use case um, and basically uh, quality of service that uh, for these different use cases. And then I think the robots in the warehouse is a great example where they're basically whizzing around um, and you can't lose connection with them. And there's analytics, analytical data going back and forth from the robots themselves with the, what path to take and, and, and things like that. Um, and CBRS slash on LTE was able to basically address um, everything they needed um, where Wi-Fi was breaking down. So now they can add robots, they can add capacity, they can add analytics, they can add data without being afraid that something there will basically break down. That's a great example. And I'm definitely, this is a direction a lot of companies are taking. In fact, COVID has accelerated that adoption, right? Because you, the, the, I wrote an article recently uh, or a couple of weeks back that talked about a shift in uh, the supply chain, right? Which is how the these retail outlets, especially the larger you know companies like Walmart and others, they're becoming a micro distribution centers, right? And a lot of the activities that are happening not is not happening not just at a large warehouses, but they're also happening in these. Uh, the part of the facility is becoming a distribution center for e-commerce and robotics and automation is extremely important in all of these. Um, uh, initiatives that the retailers are taking. So we'll see more and more of that. Hopefully, you know, that will drive adoption of technologies like CBRS. In that aspect, I just wanted to mention that on one side, where I'm seeing CBRS um, basically answering the bell where Wi-Fi may, may struggle, but I'm also, we're talking to a lot of customers who are looking to untether their current uh, Ethernet or, or the um, manufacturing facilities that have a lot of wired uh, equipment and they're basically looking to untether them and enable them to be wireless. And when they were looking at this in the past, they either tried Wi-Fi and again, uh, just the capacity just, just didn't add up. Um, or they went and tried LTE as a service, maybe with one of the operators, and the price point was way too high. So in this as well, that's again, something we're seeing a lot, but that's just kind of uh, forwards what you were saying before about uh, industrial and, and, and the manufacturing facilities. No, thanks for that. So coming back to your point about, you know, where the, the gaps are and you talked about awareness, definitely, you know, as an industry as a whole, I think we all need to do that job. But but particularly if we go back to, you know, the decision makers at enterprises, whether it's the CIOs or the IT leaders under them or or the business leaders themselves, CBRS may be a foreign term which 
definitely need education. But in general, do you see that a shift in the discussions with them that they are much more aware of the need of the network than they were before? And whether they somebody's telling them go with 5G or 4G or Wi-Fi or CBRS, I mean, that's secondary. But have they started to include the discussion of private networks or how do I get a better network for my use case during the strategic planning phases? Because in the past, my experience had been that network was an afterthought and the digital applications was all, you know, was primarily the, the, the need. And they would realize, okay, my digital applications are not going to work because, oh my God, my network doesn't support it. Has that shifted? Have you seen that shift in the conversations with enterprises that it has become, the network has become a centerpiece of the discussion during the planning of the use cases? A hundred percent, yes. And, and, and that is exactly one of the first questions we're starting to see is, okay, I have this long now list of, of requirements and use cases and, and um, can my network network meet this, meet all these demands? And again, this could be giving services also to different layers, to guests coming in and to obviously the day-to-day operations. So maybe I need two different networks. Um, and, and like you said, the, we're seeing a lot of more planning kind of from day one, um, how to integrate this from, from the ground up. But also, like you mentioned, 5G, um, we're getting a lot of basically approached by enterprise saying, okay, would 5G be able to solve my issues now? Or would it be able to, to basically, I don't like the, the, the word, we're future-proof, of course, but um, would I be able to implement basically a 5G network and then not basically be concerned too much about capacity um, and just be more concerned about management and um just be able to add more and more use cases. And and what I will say is that one of the cool things that we see with um, CBRS coming into enterprises is that it usually starts with one one use case that they want to address. But once they understand that this is basically a platform now, they have a platform that that they can go and so they come back and say, hey, can I do this? Can I connect these devices? Um, can I start transferring large files that, that uh, formerly I had a dedicated system for? So they start layering on top of that. And and the good thing is that they are getting a lot of spectrum with CBRS and, and obviously with 5G. So currently with LTE, it's working great. With 5G, it'll just be um, a lot better. And so with the kind of combination of this swath of spectrum um, enabled in 5G, we're just going to see uh, them enabling just a ton of use cases on top of this platform that they're implementing. I think that's a this is very well put. CBRS is a platform for enterprise. I like that. Um, talking about the spectrum, they're getting a lot of spectrum. But we all know, right? You get that spectrum either if you've purchased it or leased it uh, from the PAL license or you have 80 megahertz of GAA license, which is shared spectrum. Um, now, there is a perceived uncertainty, and I'm going to use the word perceived here, right? The perceived uncertainty that, okay, um, you know, because it's shared, uh, the government still control a lot of it, that the people are sharing this. Uh, in the time of critical, you know, conditions, I may, what happens if I don't get that spectrum that I need and my service doesn't work? Is that is that a genuine concern or is that, like I said, a perceived uncertainty, which is a myth? I don't want to call it a myth. I, I'll, I'll say a few things. Um, first, to be honest, this 
and and for the people who maybe are less familiar, yes, CBRS is still used by um, the military. They have access to part of that 150 megahertz, and there are mechanisms, um, SaaS providers, in place to make sure that if, and we're talking mostly aircraft carriers on the coast here, if they need to access a small part of the spectrum, they get uh, um, priority to al allocate it to that spectrum which is great and, and it's fine. And that's exactly, again, all these mechanisms that the, the Anglo Alliance and, and others came to put together to, to enable. Um, but what we're seeing today, and, and like I said, from the beginning of 2020, uh, we have been deployed in, in, in production. We've seen basically 100% uh, um, uptime and in the aspect of basically allocating to the incumbent, to the military, any spectrum. And, and it might sound daunting, but the bottom line is that it should be a non-issue um, for an enterprise that, that's in its building, uh, putting a network together, and for others as well. That's exactly where the SAS comes in. If he needs to allocate spectrum, he just makes sure that he doesn't allocate that spectrum out of the 150 megahertz. This 10 megahertz will now be allocated um, to the military. But again, for all the rest, and then the priority access comes in, but there's always, and I'm a big proponent of GAA, of general access, uh, um, um, basically the, the allocation there. So there's always 80 megahertz allocated for, for general access, and that should address, if we talk about private networks and enterprises, um, all of the use cases they're, they're looking to address, basically. So can we, can we say that the SaaS administration and the technology has matured enough to avoid interferences and um, and 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 have multiple users uh, leverage the technology uh, coexist basically in leveraging the, the technology yeah and that's exactly its role I will say that today since we are in in nascent stages um, my hope is that more and more entities will get on CBRS and then the SAS will just have to evolve and make sure it keeps um, doing its job well like it's doing today. And, and yeah, and we have full faith. And, and when we talk about SAS, it's just to, so we're talking about um, Google, um, Comscope, uh, Federated Wireless, um, Amdocs and Sony as well. They all have um, SAS. So these are very respectable companies that basically dedicate Again, this exact solution to make sure that that um, it's all managed uh, uh, efficiently. Great. I'm going to shift my uh, discussion to um, something else. Are you seeing? Um, are you noticing any interesting market shifts? Um, and when I say market shifts, it could be you know in any form or shape, whether it's the you're seeing an interesting development in another technology or um, an, an initiative uh, from any vendor communities or uh, new players coming in the market, that will accelerate the adoption of CBRS-based private LTE networks. So there's different verticals that I wasn't, and, and that's maybe me being less familiar, but I'm seeing a lot of activity in smart agriculture, in utilities. Um, and smart agriculture is interesting. I am not at all an expert in, in agriculture, but uh, we're seeing more and more projects where they're connecting sensors. And if you think of a, of a, a farm or, or property, it's it's kind of it's basically a, um, a very defined area where they need to get their coverage. So they put together basically um, a CBRS network there. 
And like we said before, once they have this platform and this maybe single use case, or they're monitoring water usage um, or dryness of, of the soil, they start adding more and more and more um, sensors and, and, and use cases. Um, that's one that I see is, is getting a lot more traction than I expected. But, but again, I'm not an expert in, in smart agriculture, but that's really cool to see. Um, obviously rural, and, and this is also a result of the budgets coming in now um, from the government on the federal and also on, on, on state level, there's a lot of funding coming in for broadband, and that is um, giving a great push to everything fixed wireless that we were talking about, getting rural communities connected. Um, municipalities, that's a huge one. So um, Tucson was one of the first ones, but I personally know of three or four basically additional municipalities that tapped into this um, government budget and are now putting... Uh, basically blanketing parts of the city with uh, CBRS and and once and getting residentials connected a um, connecting schools right homes schools but now they're talking about smart metering um, smart parking again they have all of a sudden they see they have this network that they own they don't have to pay per capacity and they're coming back with all these questions and and um, basically use cases. And I think municipalities is, is going to be a huge one in, in the near future. How do you rate, I mean, I know there are 190 plus members and that is a mix of vendors, the telcos and service and system integrators you mentioned and managed service providers. Where do you think, right? I mean, they, is the industry ready in more from a, not from a vendor community perspective? I think they have been ready for quite some time, but more from a service provider community, whether they are the system integrators or the managed service providers or the traditional telcos, um, who, you know, would support these deployments from an enterprise perspective, particularly? I know you already mentioned that operators are using it to augment it. But from an enterprise perspective, where do you see the readiness of the operator or the service providers, whether they are traditional or, or non-traditional? That, that's a great question. I'll be honest, at the beginning, and I'm, and I'm talking a couple of years when this was still in, in initial commercial deployment pre-2020, so these were trials. Um, the, the solutions I was seeing and, and kind of the deployments were a little bit complex, but they are getting a lot more simple, um, a lot simpler basically. And that's the, the industry understanding that that's what the enterprises needed. I mean, they need a simple solution and we're seeing things like, um, and I'm talking on the system integrator level back to the end to end, maybe providers, but I'm seeing combined Wi-Fi and CBRS dashboards, for an example, that give you kind of an overview because an enterprise doesn't want six different dashboards for, for each different network. So combined dashboards. Um, I just saw a demo of the eSIM in the new iPhone, how you can basically uh, enable adding a device via software. So again, since we're talking about uh, LTE in this case, so you do need a SIM eSIMs make it more simple basically to now basically add devices through software. You have dual SIM support. Um, so what I'm seeing is, is these companies, these system integrators, um, and mostly, again, vendors understanding that they need to simplify um, and have something. I'm never going to use the, the, the word uh, plug and play, the phrase plug and play in this context. <laughs> that, that's really exaggerating. But trying to push at least to that uh, uh, direction where you can come and users still um, have to understand that an enterprise needs to integrate this with their existing legacy system. This doesn't live in a vacuum. Um, but 
enabling an enterprise to do this in, in a simple way without necessary LT or 5G expertise as well. So, so that's where the solutions today I'm seeing are, and, and, and it's really encouraging because I think that's exactly what the enterprises were asking for. And you're seeing the operators are heading in that direction, investing their time in evolving to this managed services role. And that's you, honestly, you see everyone. I mean, there's companies that are that are now basically going to join the alliance. Huge, all the way from Fortune 50 companies that are not necessarily um, typical service providers. Um, Verizon has its private LTE department now, all the way down to these small channels and and system integrators that have a, um, Wi-Fi implementations and Wi-Fi customers, and they want to be kind of the the system integrator on the ground. So. It is. It goes all the way now, and that basically goes back to the potential that um, we're seeing. And, and I've seen reports with, and again, I'm not necessarily a fan of these reports, but um, 50 billion, 100 billion, 200 billion, how much the market will be. I do know that that currently the analysts are kind of competing with each other to to talk about what the private 5G net, um, for enterprises market will look like. And I'll take any number there on on any of the spectrum that they're they're throwing out there. But but that basically again. Um, the proof point is really all these different companies from from different areas coming in, wanting to basically provide certain levels of, of private 5G to the enterprises. That's great. Now that's a, there's definitely a lot of hope here, and, and the work you guys are doing is awesome. So uh, coming towards an end, so any final word of wisdom in terms of recommendations for the enterprise CIOs to better plan their private network deployment? Uh, I'd actually. I mean, I'm not going to tell the, C the enterprise CIOs um, what to do, but I actually want to convey something. And I'm a marketing guy at heart, product marketing. And, and a mistake I see a lot of vendors doing when they approach um, these enterprises is really they kind of fail to focus on the aspect um, that will help the enterprise thrive, how it's going to make their life better. Um, so not not talking too much about speeds and feeds and, and features and and um, things like that. But really, how are you going to make the um, enterprise CIO and the enterprise in general, their life better? And also not making them tax their brains too hard to try to understand the offer. Because these guys, we're in our, in our bubble, in our CBS bubble here, um, but the CIOs are dealing with so many different stuff, enterprises, and you really want to um, simplify it and, and, and really focus on, on Again, what's in it for them? Don't talk about the product and the offer. Just focus on on what the customer. Um, how are you going to help them? And it sounds kind of common sense and, and obvious, but you'd be shocked at how much you just go back and and um, and and I might be again have sinned in the past at this as well. You just kind of you're in your own bubble and you go back to to getting making things too complex, focusing on on again, the, the features of your product instead of just really trying to understand what the enterprise is trying to achieve and how you can make its life better. Uh, very well said and very, very good uh, recommendation uh, for probably not for the enterprises, but to the guys who are actually trying to sell to enterprises. And I should say, focus on how you can help their solve, how, how, focus on how you can solve their problem and take them from point A to point B. Uh, they don't necessarily need to know all the uh, the spectrum details or the SaaS details or how you get help them get there. They they somebody will like to know, but at the end of the day, they are trying to solve a, a business problem, and you just need to help 
them solve it. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Doran. It was a great conversation and I really, really appreciate you taking our time. No, thanks a lot for having me. This was great. Great discussion, Oren. I like the way you described CBRS as a platform for enterprises to support multiple use cases. Thanks for all the work OnGo is doing to drive private network adoption. I hope the product marketing teams pay attention to your appeal and focus their messaging on solving the business problems for enterprises. It has been a pleasure having you on the show, Oren. Thanks for your great insights. Thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already done, please subscribe to the Alignment podcast on your favorite platform. It's A L Y N M E N T. We hope you will continue the conversation by asking questions and sharing your thoughts and experience in deploying CBRS based private networks. Feel free to reach out to me at ashish.jain at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Until next time, get vaccinated and stay safe.